welcome to Altered Fates. My name is Abla El Sharnubi. Altered Fates is a podcast about turning points and how we choose to navigate them. Each episode, I invite a guest to tell me about a moment in their lives where events conspired to instigate change and propel them forward. In this episode, I spoke to Kayan Khalifa. Kayan is an entrepreneur and full-time investor. After teaching himself about the financial markets, he set up his company, Kayan's Markets, which offers training courses about trading and investment. Having transformed his own life, he's on a mission to empower people with the knowledge of how to take control of their finances and create wealth. So we met recently and you immediately struck me as a really kind of dynamic person who's doing loads of stuff and super enthusiastic about what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, Really inspiring, got so much energy and I'm really keen for people to hear about what you're doing because I was really surprised by it and... um, and yeah, I think people need to know, which I think you think people need to know as well. Yeah, no, 100%. So that's great. Um, so you're a... Actually, before we get going, before we dive in, I like to ask people, because the podcast is called Altered Fates, mm-hmm. um, I like to ask people whether they believe in fate. Do you believe in fate? I believe you create your own fate. Okay. In what way? I believe you just... Cre- you have, I believe you just create and you manifest your world. Right. Based on what you believe and what you focus on. And then from there, you just attract everything that comes to you from what you're focusing on, to be honest with you. Great. And so there's no, there's but no, yeah, yeah. I will say some things that have happened to me in my life where events have played out and I'm think, sitting there thinking, this happened like a year ago when I met someone. And then two years later, I meet someone through someone else. And if I didn't meet that person, I would have made this connection and now this person's a, a part of my life and he's opened up doors for me. So I have sometimes thought to myself, is this already like planned out for me almost? <laughs> them weird, them weird situations you have in life where you start to fix yourself, that can't be a coincidence. Yeah, right. So I don't know, um, mm, that's a good question. The jury's out. The jury's out, definitely. Okay, all right. Well, maybe I'll come back to you on it. Um, tell us about what you do. You're a, you're a trader. I do investing. You do investing. Yeah. I started off doing trading. Well, I got into trading around 2013. I was just poor, had no money, broke, tired, working in bars, <laughs> quitting my job every two weeks because I was downstairs in, um, pretending to change the barrels and then just sitting on my phone. And then they just knew I wasn't working, that I'd always quit. And then I'd just go round and round in circles. And then, um, yeah, I got into, I saw a guy online who was on Instagram posting about trading And I've always been very intrigued about how the world works, finance worked. And it just gripped me. I just caught my interest. So I started studying and then took a course, which was a load of rubbish, to be honest with you. And I paid like a thousand pounds for it. Got into debt. To go to do this course. To do this. Wow. Um, Because I was just determined. I was like, you know what? I just need to do something. Took out a credit card, paid on the credit card. That credit card ended up. Me, I ended up owing money on that credit card, messed up my credit score. Oh, no. Yeah, because I was still trying to figure myself out. And when you say you studied, like, how did you study? Like, what what were the... It was just some guy who was basically teaching his strategy. So a lot of people teach, like, technical analysis. They look at, like, chart patterns for investing, which is really just not the way to do it. But I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I just learned what doesn't work. And then over time, once I'm interested in something, I just won't stop. And were you and were you investing yourself at that point, or were you just learning about it? Yeah, I was learning, putting money in, fifty pounds here, 
might win a hundred pounds, think I'm the best, I'm the next <laughs> biggest thing, and then lose it all. And then, do you know what's funny? I remember being in my room, laying there, thinking I figured out some strategy, and I was like, I'm gonna be a multi millionaire in the next six months. Like literally, that was my thought pattern. And then, yeah, didn't quite plan plan out that way at the beginning, um, as I hoped. But um, yeah, so kept grinding, kept kept studying, learning, and now I've learned how to do long term investing, more secure. Um, way of growing wealth that I've studied, same strategies that Warren Buffett uses long-term, which I've obviously spoke to you about. Yes, and indeed. Help, and helped you get started as well. So it's so it's called compounding, right? Compounding. And what and, and how does it work exactly? Like what, what does that mean? So essentially compounding is when you are investing and you are taking the money you make, the profit you make on, let's say you invest a thousand pounds and you make 200 pounds profit, you make 20%. You never take out the 20%, you reinvest it. And now the next year, you if you make a 20% on top of that new balance, that is called compounding. And then over a long period of time, people have become extremely wealthy. I was talking to you about the guy from UPS. Yes, that's a crazy story. Tell, tell me that story This again. guy was earning $14,000 a year, which is around, I don't know, like $1,200 a month. He was taking 20% of his paycheck, um, which is around $250 for his whole working career. He invested it, did compounding, never touched the money, and he retired with $70 million. $70 million? $70 million. That just million. seems insane. And he I was could, putting away like 200 bucks $250 a month. $250 a month, yeah. And essentially what you're doing is you, he was buying, I think it was a company stock that he was invested in, or, or I think he was buying the Dow Jones at the time in the 1920s. That was the big index in the United States. But since then, the S&P 500 is now the big stock market in the US. And essentially what you're doing is when you invest in the S&P, you're buying all 500 companies at once. So your risk is completely diversified. So you're not trying to say, oh, is Apple going to go up? Is Microsoft going to go up? Is Tesla? You're buying the United States economy. And I was showing you since 1871, if you look at charts of the US stock market, it's never, ever stopped going higher. You have recessions, you have dips, but policymakers, government, central banks, they always they've been they've learned over time how to keep pushing stocks higher by using interest rates, credit, pumping money, and they they keep pushing the stock markets higher, and that's where everyone's pensions wealth is. So they actually can't allow it to drop. How do you tell a whole generation of people that they've got no pension? So every time there's a market crash, they inflate prices higher, and it keeps moving higher. And essentially, with new technologies coming to the market, stocks are just now for the, since I was born, I think it was. I think it was 1,400% since I was born, it's gone up, which is like 40% a year in the last 32 years. It's crazy numbers. Wow. Yeah. Last, since 2009 to today, it's gone up 640% from the bottom to the top. That's 53% on average. People don't even understand. I was showing people on this compounding website. You took $1,000 and you put um, $500 a month. And if it repeats its next 12 years performance as the last 12 years, you'd have 1.4 million. So say that again. If you put how much? $500 a month. Yeah. And you start with a grand yeah. today. And if the US stock market does the same thing for the next 12 years, you'd have 1.4 million. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and, that's it, what, and that's what I want to teach everyone and help everyone understand because it's powerful. And essentially Warren Buffett's been telling people this since the 70s. And he's about to, re when he, re when he um, stops doing his long term, he loves to try to outperform the market. So if the stock market goes up 15%, he wants to try to get an 18% return. And that's what investors basically pay him money for, to say you outperform the market. Yeah. But he, but Buffett for the past 15 years has failed to do it. Wow. Yeah, he's failed to do it. 
he put a bet on with, I think it was 10 hedge fund managers in 2000, I think it was. He said, I'll, I'll pay any one of you a million pounds if you can beat the market. None of them have done it for 15 years. I mean, since 2000. So how long is that now? It's like 18 20, years, 20 yeah. years. None of them did it. Wow. And he, when he retires, he's putting 90% of his wealth into the index. He employs 340,000 people in his company and he's not even going to give them the money that he's been training them to do, <laughs> the strategy that he does. So what does that tell you? It's compounding as the way forward. <laughs> but it's a long-term game. Yeah. So you're not trying to like, it's not get rich quick. It's not, you just understand that one day you're going to get to retirement. So instead of just going out and just spending money and unless you're going to start a business, then how are you going to, how are you going to have How are you going to yeah, your, your your finance your retirement? Yeah. And obviously you don't have to wait till you get 70 million. You could wait until you've got 15 million or 10 million and you can just live off the interest. I mean, I think 1 million would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends what you want. Yeah. But yeah, I really want to just change everyone's perspective with money. I want to just get everyone to be investors and start putting their money away. I know. In our conversations, you've been saying that, you know, it's something you want to teach, like when you have kids, something you want to teach your kids yeah. and something everybody should be yeah. kind of acquainting their, yeah. the younger generation with to be yeah. that way, you know, to have that yeah. plan in mind and yeah. and because I think you know for a lot of people a stock market is just an absolute mystery Do you know I like I don't I don't understand it. it my impression is it's just full of risk and it's volatile and you know my cousin is a banker and um one of her clients who's a you know multi-millionaire investor uh, and I once said to him, you know, can you just give me a couple of like tips for stocks that I should invest in? Just thinking I could just put in a few grand and just see what happens. And he was like, no, don't do that. And I said, why? And he said, because you can't invest money that you're not prepared to lose. And it, the stakes can't be that high for you. You know, for him, he could he can lose. I mean, my, my cousin tells me that her clients will lose five million in a year, but then they'll they'll make it back double the year after. And that's just, you know, it's child's play for them because of their wealth. So. This sounds like it's potentially, in the long term, long term. a pretty low risk way Any, of anyone, actually... Anyone who's invested in the index since 1950, if you've done it for like 10 years, 15, 20 years, they've, made, they've become very wealthy. Wow. And so the key is, the key key is to do it religiously, to invest every month. Every month. To put a bit of money in every month. Every month. That's the key to it growing it. in that exponential yeah. way. 500 companies are always going to make money. They're yeah, the right. biggest corporations on planet Earth with the most innovative and creative minds. So I think since the dot-com, well, since the internet came in, that's when the stock market started booming even more because now you've got these technology companies, you've got trillion-dollar companies. Wow. Like, think about that. Yeah. Like, Apple is more valuable than some countries in Europe in terms of how much they've produced. One company that sells mobile phones and, and laptops. Yeah, it's insane. It's... And America is very, very innovative because america has this policy where they don't punish people for failing in business and that is what i was reading on bloomberg a lot of the um european governments are now looking and they're saying maybe we need to look at the united states model because the truth is in life you fail, fail absolutely yeah failure is normal so and the u.s let people fail and go again so they learn and apparently i was hearing that in the u.s if you've actually failed a business they're more likely to give you a loan Really? Yeah, well, it's that. interesting, isn't it? Because the culture in the US is very much like the American dream, you know, go for gold, like yeah. create your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And and that has real benefits in terms of like being positive about yeah. taking a risk or, you know, taking a punt on what, on what you want to do. But and obviously the flip side of that is there's not a lot of 
yeah. of, of, of kind of cushion in society for people that don't make it. But, you know, we're very risk averse here. I always say like, in we, are the conser- sta- we are a conservative country. We're a conservative country. And like in the States, if you say to somebody like, how are you doing? They're like, I'm doing great. I'm in great shape. Everything's going well. You're someone here and they're like, how are you doing? They're like, not too bad. Do you know what's funny <laughs> you say that? Because when I was younger, I played professional football. Did you? Yeah, I played professional football. And I remember being a kid and if anyone, when I was like from under 12s, 13, 14, 15, if anyone on the pitch was doing stepovers and being flashy with the ball, everyone was just shouting, stop showing off, pass the ball. Like, stop. Wow. There was, I remember it my whole life. And I remember thinking, this is why England never has players like a, a Ronaldo or because it's not in our culture. It's not celebrated. We, yeah, we, we, we shun people for being flamboyant or being cocky almost. Um, where in America, that's just a, um, that's just people are inspired by it. It's, yeah. inter- it's, it's, re- really, it's interesting. really interesting. It is. It is like here. It's considered in bad taste, and like you're showing yeah. off and blowing your own trumpet. And we're all very modest about the way we express ourselves. And yeah. you know, yeah, I'm doing all right. And it's like that but, person's smashing it. But, but they think that's a problem. I think we should encourage confidence. And I think that the reason why we shun confidence in this country because it makes people feel uncomfortable about themselves. I think. I think absolutely we should encourage confidence. I do think that the flip side of that, though, that sort of rabid need for success is that if you're not killing it in America, if you're not in great shape and absolutely smashing your job, mm. there's a real stigma attached to that. It's a very unforgiving environment. Mm. Like, I think the the good side of it is that people want to take a meeting. It's much easier to do business in America because everyone that. wants to take a meeting. You I know, people that. are like, what are you doing? Great. They're, and like you say, they're inspired by each other's success. And it's a, it's a tailwind, you know, it's pushing people forward. But the flip side is, you know, there's no room for a loser in America. There just mm. isn't. You know, if you lose your job, there's no there's no health care, there's no social care, like you are down and out and, and no one is going to pick you up. Yeah. And I think that, that, that um, thinking is really inherent in the culture there's people are kind of like a bit disgusted by a loser you know and i'm generalizing massively and here we go too far the other way it's just like oh you're sick here let me give you a cuddle let me look after you you know let me give you yeah yeah, Yeah. well it's not compassionate it's just like social responsibility and it's getting eroded you know like i mean we're we're moving further and further into that that kind of that same model as america i think (laughs) But culturally, like you say, we're much more conservative. It's a fine balance, isn't it? And I understand that for humans to be creative, for you to get beyond your insecurities, for you to push, you have to have that fear of, well, if I don't do it, I'm, I'm going to have nothing. And, and out of that desperation, that's what creates, well, that's what created fit for me personally. When I created my business, I was just sick of, and I just took a punt and I just, and I went for it. Do you know what? I was actually listening to a guy called Grant Cardone. He has an um, he has an um, audio book, and he was saying, and I, I, when I listened to it, it really hit me. He was like, "Success is your duty to humanity." Wow. Because if you are successful in your job, whether that be a musician, when you got there's an album you 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 want to write, but you're maybe afraid of how people are going to view your music or listen to it. If you're an artist that wants to um, paint, if you want to write a book, if you want to write, you have a business idea. If you don't do it, the whole world doesn't get to benefit from what you have brought to the market. And do you know what I'm saying? Mm, That's an amazing way And and when you put it like that, it made me think to myself, shit. And it made me think to myself, what am I not doing? What am I afraid of in myself that I'm not pushing for? What, What are my barriers? 
And then a lot of it was, I recognize, was me worrying about other people's opinions. Yeah. But then it was like, well, if I didn't worry about other people's opinions and I just focus on contribution, then the whole world gets to benefit from whatever it is I'm bringing. And if I live in fear, then the whole world doesn't get to benefit. And I don't get to benefit because I don't get to realize my dreams. I then live in fear. My family don't get to benefit from it. I mean, I think I think that's a that's a really incredible way of looking at it and a very empowering way in the sense that it tells you that what you have to offer is worthwhile. Because I think a lot of people yeah. question whether what they have to offer is worthwhile. And I, I think, you know, your whole thing about benefiting other people, like there are tons of spiritual teachings about, you know, if, if what you want to do is going to be a benefit to others, then, you know, the universe has your back and there's like, you will be kind of aided and, and assisted in achieving your goals because it's it's beneficial for multiple people. I have literally recognised that. Yeah. I don't know what you want to call it. God, the universe, higher power. When I start to get out of my own way, things just start coming to me. Situations, circumstances, people, conversations, ideas. And it's literally when I make, it's every time I go against something I'm really scared of, loads of good things come my way. Really? Yeah, I've, every single time. Okay, let's let's have an example of that. Of me pushing towards my goals. Um, and then things coming together. Okay. So, with my business, when I help people invest, the broker that I was using, they pay me a fee to bring people over to their platform. Yeah. That's how brokers make money. Yeah. You actively trade, they can, make, they can make some money. I wasn't sure how to get the fee that another guy was getting easier than I was getting because I didn't understand how he was doing it. So this guy was getting a really high fee for his brokerage. He was getting a high fee. He was making a lot more money than me. And I wasn't understanding how he was doing it. And then I was just like, how's this guy doing it? So I was like, all right, cool. So, so it was a big number. He was making a lot. This guy making a lot of money. Okay. <laughs> a lot of money. Hundreds of thousands a month. Wow, okay. Yeah. And he's young. He's in his early 20s. Oh, how annoying. <laughs> yeah. So listen, then I started to look at what he was doing. The guy was really out there talking about markets more than I was. He was not afraid to be just sharing everything what he was doing. And I was like, shit, man. Like he's really putting himself out there more than me. And I'm very, I do talk a lot on my, my whole business runs off my Instagram, but I realized he was, he was putting out a lot more, more content than me. So I was like, all right, fuck it, man. I'm going to just do this. And I went and I just started putting out a lot more content and I made a prayer. I prayed to the higher power and I said, look, I want to understand what this guy is doing, how he's doing it. I don't understand how he's got to that level, but I just want to break through. Like, God, please, I'm going to push myself, but just bring me a sign that lets me know how this guy did it. I prayed for three days and I read a book and it just said, like, when you pray, say that, say thank you. Like you've already received what you want. Stay in the energy of your future and wait for it to come to you. But as long as you keep believing, it's going to come to you. Three days later... Who do you think DMs me on Instagram? No, that guy. That guy. No. I've never, and you've never had contact I've with him? I've never had a conversation with him. Never met him in my life. The broker told me the amount of money he was making was like to me, you should be doing what he's doing. But I didn't understand how he was doing it. He DMs me and he says to me, yo, you do trading? I was like, yeah. Does that come for Shisha? I was like, okay. So I just go, to, I go for Shisha. And, and as I'm going to Shisha, I'm thinking to myself, all right, let's see how let's see how this works. I sit down. I don't say anything. He tells me everything I needed to know. 
I didn't even ask. He my, just discloses he, his whole technique. He his told whole... me everything. Wow. And I got goosebumps now as I talk about it. Oh my god. Yeah. And my and then from that day, my business has made fifty times more money. And that's when I knew that when I was so sincere in my prayer, when I was like, please, like just God, whatever it is he's doing, just bring me something. Boom. I get the Wow, you've got guy. a direct line. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's like an example of when I was really just saying, like, I've got to just start putting myself out there and I just went I went beyond my fear and something just showed up straight away. So let's just go back a little bit to your business. So you started learning and um, you know, doing little trial investments and stuff. And then how how did your business take off? Like what what happened? How did you get your first client? Like what was the Instagram. trajectory? I was just do you know, I'm gonna get really spiritual. Yeah. Twenty so for the twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen, I was just posting a lot on Instagram, posting my trades, talking about markets, my business was just slowly growing, growing, growing. The people was like, Oh, um, I, I started selling a, like a signal service. Where I was like, every time I enter a trade, pay me a monthly fee and I'll send you the trade that I get in. So people I start off by charging like fifty pounds a month. And then um So you're charging people fifty pounds a month. And I'll and I'll just Tell them when I get into a trade. But then because I was so... it Actually, do you know what it was? I actually had a family member who worked for JP Morgan. He was an inv he works in the investment bank. Very successful guy. And one day I was trying to show him this strategy that I'd learned with like looking at chart patterns. And I never forget, I sat down with him. I was like, yeah, so I bought the... I think it was like a pound against a dollar. And I was like, yeah, it bounced off this trend line. And then he looked at me and he goes, why did it bounce off the trend line? I was like, oh, because it's... A why did it bounce off the trend line? I was like, I looked at him with confusion. He was like, come on, man. Why? What's the reason? And then it hit me what he was saying. He was like, if you want to work in an investment bank, for an example, he was like, you need to understand economics, fundamentals. And I was like, oh, wow. And then it hit me and I was like, of course. There's always a reason, but I wasn't, but I was taught this... When I took that thousand pounds and I took that that course, I I wasn't learning the proper way to do it. So then I just started reading Bloomberg like every day. Even today, I read like fifteen articles on Bloomberg today. So just I just started to read heavily on what I was on um on what drives the markets. And then then because I started to learn so much just from reading and listening and watching people talk, all these professionals. Then I started to like I created an analyst service and I'll be like just doing I'll just record videos just saying guys this is what's happening. I'll just be repeating all the things I've read. I really didn't understand what I was doing. But then all the people was like, bro, this is amazing. This is really good. And my business just started getting bigger and bigger. And then like the turn of like 27, at the end of 2017, 2018, and this is so crazy. Something, I, I remember something like a video where I learned about affirmations. I just started doing affirmations every day. And I just started to tell myself, I was like, this is my life. This is how, this is how much money I make. This is how good I am. And my business just out of nowhere and I didn't even understand until I read a book about a year ago about called Breaking the Habits of Being Yourself, How to Manifest. I was priming myself every morning. I did this every single day. I'll just tell, I had a list. I'll just describe what's your life like? How are you? What's your relationships like? What's your relationship like with money? How are you good at trading? How is your relationships like with in your friendships? How confident are you? How do you walk? Like, what's your personality? And I did this every day. And then next minute, my business, within three, four months, just went through the roof. I had hundreds of people on my service. And wow. I was charging like a hundred, I was charging like a hundred pounds for every two months. So I'm just, so I'm looking at like 
10K a month. Goodness me. 20K a month. And then it went bigger and bigger and bigger. Went, then I, at one point I had, I think it was like 480 people. That was like nearly 50 grand a month. I never, ever made money. I grew up so poor, <laughs> eating pasta pesto every day. So I had all this money and I, and I was doing these affirmations and then I was learning and then it just got too much for me. I didn't know how to handle it. And I actually watched something with Tony Robbins today and he was talking about when you are a 76 degree up with your beliefs and you overachieve, then your mind goes, what were you doing? This is not who you are. And then you self-sabotage. That's exactly what I did. Really? And yeah. what, so what? how did you self-sabotage? What happened? I stopped doing the affirmations. I stopped priming myself every day. I kind of took my foot off the gas for my business. You were feeling overwhelmed by the like volume of work. Yeah, I couldn't had. handle it. And it was just me alone. I didn't even have anyone working with me at the time. I literally had, imagine 500 people asking me questions every day and I was just trying to answer <laughs> them. And I was trying to do sales and, and get people on. But I was very DU, I was very do it myself. Yeah. I'd always been like that. But then I got people on board. I got a guy who's with me for many years, really loyal guy called Riz. He joined my sales team. And then I got other people to be like the membership support team. I got other guys who would help me like do research and stuff. Um, and that is probably my biggest barrier still today. How big is your team now? Got like four people. Four. But I really want to scale it now. So yeah, what, what are your like, what's your dream? What's your ultimate goal? My goal is to... I want to I want to serve two hundred people a month to learn how to do compound investing. That's my that's my goal. I want to do live. I'm going. I've already started actually. I'm doing live courses every Sunday. I want to just blow up my my YouTube channel. I just want to just contribute as much as I can. Educate people about yeah, investments. Just, yeah, and... just. Uh, I just bought another course recently. I'm just learning it right now. I just want to help as many people as I can. Make a difference. That's amazing. That's yeah. really incredible because it sounds like you could easily just be, you know, taking the money and enjoying it and yeah. not and not thinking about the kind of contribution aspect. But it's obviously yeah. a, a huge part of what you do. And yeah. So tell me about your turning point. <laughs> I was um, twenty five. I was seeing this girl when I was twenty five, and then she had. This is just for us at my business. Mm -hmm. So I'm 25, I'm, I'm doing some sports coaching. I remember I'm just sitting in some tennis court, taking payments for people to play tennis. And I'm just like, what am I doing? But th by this time I really started to be like, all right, I'm changing my life. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, I'm just gonna do it. I'm reading Tony Robbins' book, Awaken the Giant Within. I'm literally reading that book. And, I'm just, and then he's talking about belief and I'm trying to prime myself and I'm trying to learn how to like change my mind. But I was just very determined. Started seeing a girl and then she goes to Bali on holiday and I say to her, all right, I'm gonna come meet you. So I'm like skint. I think I took out a loan to go to book, to get the ticket. I booked the ticket, didn't realize that I had under six months on my passport and to leave, in, to leave Europe, you have to have more than six months. So I pack all my stuff. I plan this amazing trip of being her, getting on elephants, going in some waterfalls. I made, I literally made the most like amazing trip. Get to the airport, I get rejected on the flight. Because of your passport? Because of my passport. No. And I don't have enough money to get a new, another ticket. Oh, man. So you couldn't go? So I couldn't go. And she extended her flight for two weeks. So that she could be there with you? Oh, Kyan. I'll never forget that feeling. And I'm, I don't know what happened in my head. I just, I went home, I was crying, I was upset. And I just said to myself, this is never going to happen to me again. So that was the real moment when you were like, I'm doing this. 
And what I've learned about myself is every time something gets really hard, that's when I just respond the best. Wow. Yeah. And then I, from that day, I just started my business. I was just like, I'm going to do this training. That's just, that's, just, that's what that's I'm when do. you bought the course to do that. And I just started reading every day, bought books. I didn't even under, I didn't even understand what I was reading. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was just like, I'm gonna make this happen. Goodness me! Wow. So it was worth missing the uh, the holiday. Yeah. But yeah. what came after? But that's when you say, do you believe in fate? That woman was brought in my life for a reason. So that you could be disappointed about not going away with her enough to I, change your life. If I didn't meet her, that's like that wouldn't have happened. So maybe you do believe in fate. Maybe I do believe in fate. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm always, I'm like a pusher, like trying yeah. to get people to believe in fate. I believe people come in your life for a reason. Everyone. I believe everything happens for a reason. I believe life is always trying to help you. Life is for you, not against you. You know what? Like if, if you can sustain that belief, then it's a much nicer journey anyway, isn't it? Like yeah. if you believe that the world's a benevolent place and things are kind of working in your favor, then the journey, even no matter when it's going well or badly, it's a, it's a more comfortable journey. Yeah. You don't know either way. We'll never know, will we? We'll no. never know the truth about what's actually happening. I dropped the victim mentality. Right. So now when things don't go my way, I just ask, I just ask the higher power. Like, so what are you trying to show me? Like what? I know you're trying to show me something. Am what's I miss the lesson? What's the lesson? Just please show me, please tell me what I'm missing. I try to figure it out. Listen to this. My, I had this conversation with my dad all the time. Why would the creator of life create this beautiful planet of oxygen food that grows off the trees comes out the ground it's giving you everything to survive it even loves you so much that your immune system which you're not even in control of is organizing your body healing you if you get sick you break a leg it heals you it has white blood cells that will fight off bacteria defend you against the flu has a vested interest to keep you alive but then, he's, then he doesn't want to see you in. <laughs> yeah. Really think about that. Doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. No. So, but what I realized is when I kind of dropped the victim mentality, that is how you get out of the excuse mentality of why you're not where you are because it's easy to sort of shift the blame onto onto life. Oh, well, I've tried. And I've learned, and I learned, I actually listened to Grant Cardone's thing he spoke about, actually. He was talking about, you haven't done everything if you're not where you want to be because you would be where you want to be because someone else has done it so just always ask yourself all right so what's the, yeah what am i not there's obviously another angle i've just got to find the angle i've got to find the limitation or i've got to figure out what i'm doing wrong and then i can get i can move myself forward i think that's why i'm always just so optimistic about what's coming because i'm always like well i know i'm just one thought away from getting what i want or I'm one change in my head away one realization away from literally being where somewhere else is what I couldn't even expect to be one when I was younger. But I know I'm, th I know I'm just. That. But do you know that because you've experienced it because you've, you've been tenacious and you've persevered and then things have worked out, you know, unexpectedly serendipitous things have happened and you've gotten to that. So does that belief come from experience or were you always just, I know things are going to work out. I know I'm looked after. Has that come from your experience of, believing that it will happen and then it happening and then does that Pro make sense probably yeah. yeah yeah so that's the thing it's that that's the magic of life isn't it Some, someone once said to me like why would the universe show you how magical it is if you don't believe in magic you know 
take magic whichever way you want, you know, but these little serendipitous things are like magical moments, aren't they? When, when you're like, God, I was looking for this and it just literally fell into my lap or, you know, I really wanted to know about that guy. And then he just randomly messaged me on Instagram. That's the magic of the universe. You know, a lot of things when things align for you. Did you know before I met you a week before I had wrote down, I'm going to start a podcast. Really? Yeah. And within a week you offered me to be on your podcast. How strange. My goodness. It's not a coincidence. But like you are literally the poster boy for all of these spiritual teachings that, you know, affirmations, um, helping others and belief, the, you know, the power of belief. Man, you know, when, you, when you're trying to create, manifest something, it's like the belief that it's coming to you. And you seem so certain that when you send up a prayer that it's going to be answered. And, and so it is, you know, it's, yeah. it's incredible. Like I've read a lot of books about this stuff and you're like, yeah, I did these affirmations and then everything changed. I'm like, wow. But what's crazy is that I think to myself, so what, like, I know it cause I've, I've experienced it, but then you still sometimes don't, you still don't ask for big things. That's interesting. Really? Even you? Cause I feel like you're pretty. No, like I do. No, I do have big, well, I guess compared to some people, my goals probably are quite big. But then if you look at someone who's really successful, I'm like, okay, so that's another level to get to. But I guess it's just steps. You just have to just, you just have to just have a goal, get to one goal, and then you say, okay, what's the next one? And then you just keep going higher and higher and higher. You know, if you take those steps with the confidence that what you're doing is going to be supported and, and you know, mm. then anything is possible and yet we limit ourselves because it's just too scary to think of being suddenly waking up tomorrow and being Warren Buffett you know it's yeah, just like no, 100%. I don't have the chops for that yet well I guess it's difficult if you haven't had anyone in your environment to give you that confidence you know I think I think there's something to be said for a surrounding yourself with like-minded people who have the same mission statement as you do you know what I mean that you're all it's this it's an energetic thing you know you're all in that mindset of everything is possible and there's plenty for everybody so there's no envy there's no you know people don't keep their cards close to their chest like that that investor that you were talking about on Instagram who just met you and told you everything like to be able to do that and not be like well I'm not going to give my information away you really have to believe like that there's a huge abundance of everything yeah. and share just yeah. keep it moving do you know yeah, what I mean which yeah, I feel yeah. like is your attitude as well yeah. in terms of information and resources and stuff but also there's something about and I haven't quite worked this out yet, but like talking about what you want to do can sometimes take the energy out of it. Mm. Sometimes it's about just do it, be about it. Don't talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Like my mom always used to say, stop talking about all this stuff you want to do and just get on with it. Keep it. Shh, shh. Keep the energy inside <laughs> and let it propel you forward. My mom was the opposite. She'd always say what she was going to do. Right. And did it, did it, but did that help her? Because some people believe that if you talk about it, then you're creating a reality. And, and yeah. I'm not sure. I think, I think. Sometimes you need to just sort of keep that because you get an inspiration, you get a little nugget of inspiration and that's like a little motor inside you. But the more you talk about it, you're sort of almost living the outcome before it's happened. And that can sometimes demotivate you because you're like, it's almost, you've already experienced it in a way. Mm. Whereas if you keep quiet and it's just this thing bubbling away in your belly and you're like, I'm going for it, I'm going, for it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, it's like my little secret engine, you know, I think sometimes that can be more. To know useful or something. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's good to just not talk, not talk too much and just be about it. Don't just talk be about, about it. it and yeah. just try to make it happen. Yeah, and then I think, and then what you were saying about I've achieved this. Mm. Once it's done, that can be really inspiring. People are like, "How did you do that?" And you're like, "Okay, let me sit down and explain yeah, to you." You know, hundred percent. Yeah. What about you? What's your biggest goal that you did? You've achieved. Biggest goal that I've achieved. Yeah. I actually, wow. no. What was your turning point? 
Oh my God, no one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> That'd be a good question. Yeah, wow. Okay. Um, do you know what? It was about victimhood. So I was, um, so both my parents passed away. My mum had passed away really recently. And, you know, I don't have lots of family in this country. And I was feeling really kind of overwhelmed and stressed and quite alone. You know, I was like, oh my God, like, where's my safety net? I don't know. And I was feeling, I was just feeling really down. And I went to see um, a friend of mine. He's like a, he's become a bit of a spiritual teacher. You know, he's somebody that totally serendipitously, I believe, fatedly came into my life. Like he was introduced to me by an osteopath that I was seeing because I had mad like tension in my shoulders and it was like really debilitating. And he said, I think you should go and see this friend of mine. I think he can help you. And he didn't really explain why. I said, who is he? And he was like, he's a homeopath. So here's his number, tell him I gave you his number, give him a call and go and see him. And he was like, so I called this guy and I'm like, hey, um, Ronan gave me your number, like he said to call you. And he said, why are you calling me? And I was like, oh, because, and I sort of gave a brief, he went, yes, come and see me. Went to see him and we became really good friends. Like it was just something clicked when we met each other and he became, he's like a, yeah, like a mentor, like he's very spiritual. Anyway, and so I started seeing him every week and he was sort of, giving me homeopathy and stuff, helping with nutrition and just spiritual stuff. And then one one week I went in, I was feeling really stressed out. And um, he said, what's wrong? And I said, oh, you know, um, I was like, oh, I've just had a really stressful day at work. And, you know, I, we, we hired this lawyer to write some contracts for us. And then I was talking to him on the phone and he was going through them, but it was really over my head. Like it was like, it was really complicated and I couldn't keep up. And I just felt really bad about it. Like I was like, I should really understand it, but I don't. And, and I said, okay, and what else? And I was like, well, you know, I'm just feeling a bit like, you know, a bit, a bit down, a bit lonely and a bit, you know, I just, you know, really miss my mom. And and he just listened to me, like reel off this list of stuff. And then at the end of it, I'm there waiting for my like sympathy, empathy. Oh, poor you. It's been a stressful one. He, he just looked at me and he shook his head and he went, victim, victim, victim. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he went, you're being such a victim. He said, did you hire that lawyer? And I was like, yeah. And he went, so he works for you. And I was like, yeah. And he said, so why didn't you say, can you explain this contract to me? And I was like, because I didn't want to like seem like I didn't. He was like, and that's just ego. You can put that down right now. That's yeah. not going to help you. And he said, and the whole thing about your family. And he said, you want a family? He said, you can stand in front of a pyramid from one angle and go, it's a triangle. It's a triangle. It's a triangle. And all you have to do is move a few steps to the left and yeah. you'll see that it's a pyramid. And he's like, you want a family? Make one. You feel lonely? Call a friend. Do you know what's so funny you're saying that? Mm. You know, I tell myself every morning, solution-based mindset. Yeah. I tell myself every day, solution-based mindset. It's Got a problem, don't, I tell myself every day, don't moan, don't complain, don't whinge, don't be a victim. Got a problem, get a pen and a paper and start, and start figuring out solutions to problems. Absolutely. And that's it. And the thing is like, what we were saying earlier is like, it's, it's just a mindset, you know? The reality of life is no different. Like, my situation hasn't changed. You know, him saying that doesn't change the reality of my situation, yeah. but it changes my perception of it. Perception, and perception yeah. is everything. Because yeah. it is true. Like, you can build a family in a million ways, you know? Mm. You can see yourself as somebody that's, you know, that doesn't know what they're doing, or you can see that yourself as somebody that mm. has an opportunity to learn. It's all mindset.
it's it's such a disempowering place to be victimhood and the thing is like i don't i think i genuinely believe a lot of people don't even realize that they're in a victim in victim mode they don't even realize that there's an there's an alternative another thing is like what you were saying about being grateful for the things that you have you know it's so easy to focus in on the things that you don't have the things that are challenging in your life and you know another thing my mom used to say to me she's a very wise woman you know, I'd be there you know, going, oh, this happened, you know, when I was a teenager or whatever, shit's happening at school. Yeah. You know, this happened, that happened. And she'd just sit there and look at me and she'd go, imagine tomorrow you woke up and one of your eyes didn't work. Just one. Yeah. Would any of this matter? And I was like, yeah. no. And she was like, all right, then. Just remember, you've got both your eyes. You can walk, you can talk. Go and sort yourself out. But don't you think that don't you think life sometimes brings you situations to make you be aware of how lucky you actually are? I think it all depends on whether you perceive it that way. I've recognised that. Yeah. So what do you think your biggest hurdle to moving forward is at the moment? My biggest hurdle to moving forward? Your personal, like, yeah. Is there a challenge? Is there something that you feel like you need to kind of... I think I've always worried too much about other people's opinions. Right. And that's only been my barrier. Right. So you need to sort of distance yourself from that. Yeah, no, I'm dealing with it now, but I've been working on it. I'm feeling differently, feeling much more creative straight away. Somehow I'm going to figure it out. I'm sure you will, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, Kyan, it's been awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for Thanks being for here. Me. I appreciate it. Altered Fate with Abla El Sharnubi is produced and edited by Amy Lee, with music by Simon Little and Andrea Triana, and artwork by Micah Van Neck and Richard Granger at Bunker London. If you enjoyed this interview, be sure to like and subscribe to be updated on upcoming episodes. You can also find out more info and get in touch via Instagram at underscore altered underscore fates. I'd love to hear from you.